Thank you for listening to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain. I'm a business coach on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. So I thought, why not talking to entrepreneurs around the world and ask them to share the practical tips and lessons learned. I hope their stories will help you better navigate your own entrepreneurship journey. This podcast is available on most platforms. Subscribe now. Hi, thank you for joining Interviews. Help me inspire as many entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs as possible. Subscribe to this podcast and then share it with your network. Today, we're flying to a new country, Israel. I am with Daniel Tichner, the founder and CEO of WSource. Hello, Daniel. Thank you very much for joining me today. Hello, Laurent. Hello to everyone all the way from sunny Tel Aviv. <laughs> nice. Well, let's start. Tell us about your journey. Well, where should I start? So basically, um, I have not uh, started as an entrepreneur. I have started as a corporate. I have um, worked for big companies and made my way up. So I have learned a lot from interacting with different people. I have learned to follow the rules. I have learned to follow the leadership. And it's also where I have learned how to be creative and how to think outside of the box and make my own offers, proposals, and negotiate a different course of things within this corporate and less flexible structure. You were working at a corporate and then you become an entrepreneur. What happened? Actually, like I just was thinking about your answer earlier, I realized that even when I was within a big corporate, in my case, it was Philips Electronics, and it's a company that I absolutely love. Mm. Uh, I have, I think I have learned my entrepreneurship skills or maybe I have tried my entrepreneurship skills already back there within Philips. Mm. It was always within me and I have tried to um, perform uh, with a slightly more entrepreneurial, uh, you know, kind of um, touch. Right. So I, I think, I have uh, become a full-time entrepreneur where I have left Philips, but I have already been entrepreneur in there. Yep. So um, how I started, it was always, you know, a dream to um, grow something on my own, to build and, you know, try it, you know, how I would do it, you know, how would I would interact with other people if I was not big Philips, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a totally different experience. What's the entrepreneur touch? you were talking about? Thinking outside of the box. Thinking really. outside of the box. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm always trying to take a totally different approach. I'm trying to break things from different perspective. This, I mean, I'm not following their, you know, well um, expected paths very often. Mm. I'm trying, you know, other things. And um, uh, I'm always driven by my um, desire to make things happen. So I fixed myself a goal and I just, you know, trace my steps, how I'm going to get there. Right. And if I haven't reached it, it means that I have not really um, fixed the goal well enough. <laughs> yes. so, so did that, was that one of the reasons you left the corporate work? Because, you know, you felt a little bit frustrated, you couldn't reach your goals? No, I think it was uh, more like a natural course of things that I, I had left, actually. Like I said, I... Um, Oh, everything, I mean, maybe everything's too much, but uh, I think a lot of who I am right now 
has been shaped by this experience I had in Philips. As a very young woman, um, without technical background, I think I owe them, my Philips family, a lot for what I know today and how I do things. And so today, what do you do? Tell us a little bit about your business. I do a few things. I'm a bit of a hyper. It's difficult to fix me on one. <laughs> so redheads. Um, so basically, um, I am mostly assisting um, startups and uh, medium-sized companies to penetrate new markets, mm. building their expansion strategy and like really helping them to fix the goal and reach the target, how to get to a new market. Um, I am also helping um, entrepreneurs and uh, companies to raise funds. Mm. So I'm doing investment banking. And um, I'm a big, big fan of, um, I don't know if I should say crypto or blockchain. You, I have not been instructed by you. accepted <laughs> vocabulary. But uh, basically, I think that blockchain and um, cryptocurrencies are really changing the way we do things today. It's beyond crypto. It's beyond um, money. This has been a very big passion of mine. And uh, yeah, I'm very active in this field. Mm. Yeah, I had a had, uh, previous guest who explained, who explained to us what was the difference between crypto and, and blockchain and you know what, what, how entrepreneurs could, could use them. Uh, so I am not going to spend too much time on it uh, today, but there is something that's very interesting about, about your experience is what you said, you know, you're, you're helping uh, startups internationalize, I go on your website, you describe yourself as having, as having extensive experience in managing cross-border projects and expansion strategy. And so market penetration isn't really a topic that I have covered in this podcast so far. And, you know, when you look at technologies today, whether blockchain or, or, or others, you know, but technology can definitely help companies accelerate uh, their growth, right? And scale up across markets. But an Asian cons consumer doesn't behave like a European consumer. And I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I used to live in Asia for 20 years. So That's what, right. are, what are the do's and don'ts of internationalization? Right. So for me, I think everything starts from strategy. Mm. What is your strategy? So if you ask an average Israel entrepreneur, what is your strategy when he thinks of scale it up, he will tell you right away, US, maybe China, and then Europe comes third, because this is how we go. Israel has a mold. When we want to scale, it's US, it's the biggest market. There you go, it's Silicon Valley. It's right. traced, right? So I'm saying strategy. I'm saying we all have to see where we stand, what is our product, what is the best fit? Like you said, um, Asian, Asian customers are not European customers, are not American customers. You have to do customer profiling or you have to hire someone who knows something about customer profiling to understand what is your product fit? Mm. What, what is the low hanging fruit? So you, you lived in Asia and I lived in Asia. So we know, for example, that the Asian consumers are very, very different from Europeans and um, US ones. They're very fast adapters. They love mm. technologies. So, for example, Korean market sometimes is very, very attractive for certain products that have to do with gaming or have to do with uh, gadgets, right? Japanese market, China, Hong Kong, all these different markets, they all have some kind of a profile where you can see 
you know, does it fit the product? Maybe this is where you want to start and get visibility and scale from their own. Mm. So I'm saying always think strategy, think where's your long hanging fruit and where can you get the traction faster? And then the next step is you fix the goal. How do you get there? The steps, right? And steps, there are always different approaches. If you have a very nice marketing budget or scaling up budget, fine, then you know how to do it, right? You, mm. we, we know the tools, right? You said yourself, you can use the new technologies, how to expand, right? If you don't have the budget, no one said you cannot do it because there are different alternatives. You can build partnerships. You can reach a market, you know, by making a partnership with a, an, an existing player and use the, the base of the existing player to, to come in, right? Mm. So right. there, there are many different ways to get there. The, the, the idea is to build a strategy, to fix the goal, and then trace, you know, build several uh, scenarios, evaluate them, and pick the one that suits you. Right. That's, uh, you know, on one foot. Yeah. <laughs> in a, Market in a, penetration on one. In, yeah. <laughs> one on one, in a, in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But it's, it's interesting because... What I see here, for example, in Finland is I see a lot of startups and, you know, they are very much focused on the Finnish market, which is a small market. It's five, five million people. And when it comes to internationalization, they will, they will just, you know, look into like the neighborhood, the neighborhood countries. And that's pretty much it, you know, maybe the US, but it seems like I have this feeling that a lot of startups do not realize that, you know, there are so many markets available out there. Is it because they are afraid in your experience? It's an interesting question. Mm. Uh, while you were telling me the story, I was visualizing Finland and I thought like, wow, they have a, such a neighbor that don't need to go anywhere. You know, what is it? Three hours from St. Petersburg? Yes. This is one of the biggest markets, right? But um, uh, what I'm trying to say is that actually uh, different um, countries, right? They have different mentality mm. also in building startups, right? Well, you know, you're French, you know that um, French um, entrepreneurs will never launch anything that is not ready. Mm. It's just not done, right? You go when you have a product and you're good to go. Right. Yeah, in, in Israel, Israeli entrepreneurs, they're launching a product when it's like 60, 70% ready. Mm. like raw products on the market that are not 100%. This is a totally different mentality. So if you speak about Nordics, for example, these people really focus on technology again. So it's not even product offering, but they really want to sure, make sure that the technical part is finished before they do any kind of moves. They will not even look into marketing before, you know, the tech part is completely like, re, you know, fixed, right? So I think that um, it's not about being scared, but it also goes to the local culture. In, right. in my in my opinion, it goes back to the local culture. How we talk, what are we taught to do? So, for example, I had a, a discussion with a Japanese entrepreneur and investor, and he said to me, "You know, Israel is really good to scale from zero to one. It's the best. They just do it. Mm. And Japan is really good to scale from one to millions. Right. So that's another thing to take into account, right? Mentality and." expertise that you find in the market. For example, uh, France, Germany, they have a lot of expertise in banking and insurance that Israel doesn't have for young country, right? Mm. So for example, Isra Israeli company that needs to do banking or insurance, it would be good fit for them even to start in Europe 
to get this expertise, right? So it's, it's, it's such a mix of so many different factors, right? So it's culture, like your own culture. It's the culture of where you want to go, right? It's, it's mm. the whole thing around it, you know, the, how supportive is the environment for you to go when it's not completely ready or how supportive is the Finnish environment for you to go across the border to Russia? True. Like maybe it's hostile, Russian market, can you control it? Is it good, bad, indifferent? True. Like you and I, we, be, we, lived in, we live in Asia and one thing that living overseas has brought me is really that perspective, you know, on things. You were saying, thinking out of the box. I think I'm able to think out of the box because I went to Asia and I spent a lot of time, a lot of time there. And sometimes maybe as an uh, entrepreneurs, maybe that's what you know you should be doing. Like go go over, go into a, a third world country, emerging country, just spend, you know, six months, one year there, just to learn, you know, and see that things are, are made differently. They give you a, a different perspective. Yeah, it's a very good point. I'm thinking while you 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 telling right now what you just said, I was thinking about what you said about, about fear. And I think fear is there. Fear is present mm. for entrepreneurs, for all of us. There's a fear to fail. It's there. It's real. It's part of the game, right? Mm. And it's true when you travel, what you said, there is a fear of that as well. Again, fear to fail, fear of new cultures, fear of new experience. There will be struggle, right? You need to move to another place. I mean, very few times it goes smoothly, right? There's a struggle. You need to find yourself a spot there, get yourself connections, find new friends, find permits. You know, this is a major project, right? To move Brilliant. to another country. And of course it builds us as entrepreneurs. It gives us this experience and solid, you know, possibility to withstand all kinds of storms. And we learn a lot from it. And I'm thinking about um, a story I heard. I'm, I, I'm sure many people heard the story. It's this rabbi, you know, in UK, who tells the story, I think, of, of crabs, that in order to grow, they need to break, you know, their, their, their thing that they have mm. on, their, on their back, right? This is the only way for them to grow, and then they grow a new one. I forgot the name of it, right? So actually, when you struggle, you grow. And this is something that we need to embrace. And maybe this is something that we need to split, uh, to, uh, not to split, I mean, to, to share uh, as, a, as, a, as an inspiration. Yeah. You grow when you struggle, you grow when you fight for something, you, you, you grow in your zone, which is not comfortable zone, right? right. When not in comfortable zone, you do grow, you, you, you expand, you find your ways. Yeah. Right, definitely. But it's maybe tough, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like a tough message that we're sending here, right? <laughs> yeah, Go break I... everything <laughs> to make it one, right? Yeah. No, but like you said, it's part, it's part of being an entrepreneur. It's part of the journey. It is tough, and I strongly believe that learning must absolutely be one of the key assets of any entrepreneur. Like, just keep on learning. Maybe it's also a message that we need to spread. I was looking for the word spread. I'm really mm. mixed with my languages right now. So um, spread the message that it's okay to fail. Because not everything we start, we're going to finish. And this is also something that for some people it's difficult to live with, even mm. myself, you know? I have some unfinished projects and I'm thinking, am I going really to leave it like this? What does it say about me that I don't finish things, that I don't finish what I started? Sometimes it's also okay to leave things aside when it's not working out, right? right. So if we could build a bit more tolerance like in a society and in ourselves, Uh, to encourage ourselves that it's okay okay you can go to Singapore and maybe things not going to work out but then you can go back 
to Finland, to France, to Israel. You know, there's always a fallback scenario. Mm. And it's okay because you tried. So is that one of the key lessons you've learned along your entrepreneurship this, journey? This is a lesson I'm trying to teach myself every day. <laughs> I'm not there yet. This is, you know, uh, yeah, work in progress. Right. So, so yeah. what lessons have you learned then? What lessons have I learned then? I think the biggest lesson is the lesson of humility. Mm. Really. I met some people who are absolutely great, like amazing rock stars, people who reached um, unbelievable heights and they remain, remained humble. I think humility is really an important message. Always respect everyone around you. Mm. You know, I think when you, first of all, humility is an important quality, like it's some kind of gratitude and acceptance. I think it makes you a better person, makes you feel good, right. but it's also appreciated by the others. I think it can go a long way being humble. So this is one of the lessons that I have learned. Another lesson is that I'm a bit of a, you know, a changer. So I have this volatile, you know, personality that I get excited and upset very quickly. So I have learned that in business, you cannot go in with emotions. You cannot go in with ego. You always have to leave your ego aside because you never know what are the motivations of the other person. Mm. Get very quickly upset and when things don't go our way or we feel insulted very often because it's again back to what we just discussed, the cultures, mm. the difference of cultures, the difference of perceptions, the difference of backgrounds. You know, there's so many factors. And when you uh, go, you know, in life with ego and with, uh, you carry this emotional um, you know, baggage, it's, it's impossible to be a good entrepreneur or a good businessman or businesswoman in right. this sense. So these are the lessons I'm learning. And right now um, in COVID, actually, uh, I have learned from many of my peers uh, several tools on how to keep yourself motivated. I think this is so important and we don't take care um, enough of our mental state. It's not an obvious thing right now to get up in the morning and to continue when you know that country after country goes into lockdown when you know that companies are falling and uh, um, a stock market is nothing we don't have a clear view of what is going to happen next right so we have to find tools to motivate ourselves to find inspiration to find this good mood and you know to push ourselves further we need to also um share it with others because some people do not want to admit that it's difficult right now because of mm. ego because of pride right so this is this everything i told you so far it's not something i have completely learned this are all you know work in purpose i'm trying to improve myself and uh, but that's that's a great topic like mental health and keeping yourself motivated what are some of the tools you are using for yourself well, I want to give a shout to um, Ashley Lina Dudarenek from Hong Kong. Maybe I will introduce you later okay. because she <laughs> has been amazing source of inspiration for me. She has shared with me a course she arranged mostly for women, but I think it's available for everyone. Where she gave many, many, many little tools on how to uh, put yourself in a good mood. And example, uh, for example, in the morning, she said, like, put the best song that inspires you, like something that really pumps you up. Mm. And it sounds like very, you know, like, yeah, no brain, right? But it really works. So I have some days when I need to go into Zoom and I know it's going to be a really, really tough discussion and I'm not feeling like open to it. So I put this crazy song that that day inspires me or like makes me dance, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I go into a meeting, there's a totally different energy and it really helps. And it's really like a small thing, right? 
another thing I learned from her, it's uh, limiting beliefs. We all have limiting beliefs, and I think I'm a champion at that. <laughs> really. You're not the only With one. All my, uh, thank you. <laughs> with all my achievements, and I have some, and with things that I thought I will never sort out, and I sorted out, I'm still, like, very critical of myself. And um, I think identifying limiting belief and seeing how to go about it. Like once you're aware of them, then you can actually manage it better. So I think self-awareness is really, really, really key for all yes. of us. And that really helps, right? You know, I'm sure. Yes, I, I, I agree. I've been uh, practicing self-awareness for a while now. And it's so, still so much that I need to learn about myself. And sometimes I'm like, why the heck am I reacting like that? <laughs> I know I should. Right. But I agree with you also with the song. That's that's one of the uh, one of the uh, technique I, I use. Uh, you use I, well. I was uh, not aware of it. Yes, yeah. yeah. When I feel down, I would put. Sometimes I'll put a song, like one of the songs that would make me dance, and I would actually like start dancing. And after that, I'll feel way way better. It's always about trying to put myself, you know, removing all these negative thoughts and putting putting my brain into this positive mindset that I'm gonna rock. Right. Exactly. Well, rewiring the mindset, it's something on my, you know, my list of things mm. to do. And another thing I remember that I, I always have done, but she taught me to do it in a more like constructive manner is gratitude practice. So, mm. you know, some days are really bad. We know you start and everything goes like from the left foot. This doesn't work. That doesn't work. You know, like you in the smooth, like this is not my day. Yeah. Like I'm not in a good place. And uh, I have always like, try to find some points uh, that I'm great. Uh, what happened this mm. day? Things that I'm grateful for. And she gave like some kind of a more structural approach on how to do it. You have to put like at least three things that you're grateful for. And uh, also there's a positive psychology uh, professor, I forgot his name right now. He's Israeli, but in the US that he gives many tools like this, you know, of gratitude mm. on how, how you can completely see the way you see um, completely change the way you see things like in the, in the matter of just a few minutes when you count the good things that happen just now even when small suddenly the day is not that bad true very, very true another tool maybe i can i can share with you in the in the audience i am i am an hyper achiever and you know i have to i have to achieve for the sake of achieving maybe maybe it links to what you were saying earlier but you you have to set up goals all the time otherwise you don't feel like uh, satisfied or fulfilled you know Sometimes I've realized now that it doesn't make any sense. Like just, you know, achieving for the sake of achieving, it doesn't make any sense. And I need to learn to just stop. And so what I do now, and my fiance, she is actually very good at that. I will just stop. And if I don't, I don't feel good, I will just lay down on the sofa, you know, put on some a TV, look at outside, read a book, or just get bored, you know, because I just have to switch off, like completely switch off and it does actually work it makes me more efficient while my brain thinks the opposite <laughs> right well it's very important also for me i mean thank you i, I always say to myself you know i just came from uh, like three four days of no sleep i had again mm. also fixed myself something and i drove myself yeah to the point of no return so i think it's very important um, that we have just uh, you know pushed it really hard on achievements in the, in the beginning of our conversation like setting the goals and making things happen but there is also other side of the coin that you just you know highlighted that you ha also have to take breaks 
you yeah. have to respect uh, your body you have to respect your your your, your mind yes. you have to let go yeah and this is very important yes because exactly. my list yes yeah reco yes. recovery like a, like a, a professional athlete would recover you know the professional athlete would have uh, recovery days uh, just because this is the time where your muscles grow and actually you actually the body actually recuperates i think it's exactly the same for for people and especially entrepreneurs because of these emotional roller coasters recovery days are very important for your for your mental health i remember that you were asking me before this interview about mm. uh how do i feel about women in business yes and like remember Yes. So when we were, we were talking just now and we said setting goals, letting go, all this. So um, I remember that you asked me um, uh, whether I think it's difficult uh, for women, you know, to take leading positions and uh, whether their, their treatment is really um, unequal. Mm. And I have always um, accomplished everything I have done by just setting the goals. You know, and then just doing them. And I have always ignored the fact that I'm a woman and I have never really thought about, you know, can I do it or maybe I cannot do it. Mm. And um, recently, actually, if a French uh, business connection of mine said to me, you know, you, okay, so you have achieved things, you have achieved and you go doer and you have this mentality of goal setting like you do, Laurent, and, but not everybody's like you. Mm. So should it really be... Um, compulsory or the, the only condition for a woman to succeed to be go-getter and just go and be like fighter and after the goals can she just be normal like a normal man and coexist in a society and this mm. is what you just said take a break you know don't be harsh on yourself so this is exactly the other side so actually i would like to ask for your advice now okay go what on. do you think what do you think what, what, what do you think women to succeed What do they need to do? Do they need to go, go and just do it? Or do we need to empower them as a society and, and be a bit more like accepting, tolerant, uh, give tolerance and, you know? I, I, think, I think the problem doesn't lie with the women. I think the problem lies with, uh, with the men and the society. With the society. I, yeah, I think. And so, and because of the society, it reflects on how women, how women behave and makes And hence, you would like to empower them. But I think what we need is to, for men to realize that sometimes they can, you know, the way, the way they behave is absolutely not appropriate. And a lot of men are not realizing that. And I can speak of it now because I have, I have come to realize that. And trust me, I am, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm way, 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 way behind all the things like, you know, the, re the reality. But one of the reasons now that I, I really push for women entrepreneurship and I really want to talk about women, it's because I've come to realize that sometimes I've just been, a, you know, like a bad person. Not supportive enough. Yeah, or because- Or not supportive at all, yeah. And I didn't even know that I was not su supportive. Supportive, yeah, yeah. That's the thing, I'm so, not, I was not aware. We're talking about self-awareness. I think that's, 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 that's key here, like helping men to be more self-aware of their behavior with women. Yeah, this, this is a very important point for sure. And I think it will take us years to change the mentality and we should absolutely do it. Mm. Um, my, I, I was asking you about that because I thought we were really like pushy, you know, what we said about how to do things, just go, just do it, just mm. move. And I was thinking, what kind of message do we want to send out to the girls, you know, 
because I think not everybody's go-getter and maybe we don't want to make it sound like only go-getters can get there. Maybe what we both are working on our own weaknesses and our mm. weakness is to stop and our weakness is to let go, right? Yeah. Maybe we should encourage girls and women out there to seek support and to build a supportive environment around them instead of just going and doing. And, and if you not feel, you feel like you need help, we need to learn how to ask for help, to shout and, you know, yeah. get supported. Yes, especially, especially uh, entrepreneurs uh, often feel like this feeling of uh, isolation. And maybe this is even more, more accentuated when, when you are a woman entrepreneur. Like you, you, you would feel more isolated than maybe men, men entrepreneurs. And definitely, I, I totally agree with you. Like go out, seek advice, you know, talk to people, find a mentor, find coaches, you know, join, join groups uh, where you can actually talk and you can see that others and other entrepreneurs actually share the same pain than, than you do. You're not the only one. Well, I, I was very lucky. Like I, I go back and say, because really, I'm really grateful for the experience I had at Philips and I had mentors and I had coaches and I mm. think it helped me really big time. And they know it. I, I thank them every day. Now it was a long time ago, but today it turns out it's not so easy to get a mentor and a coach. So finally, you know, big corporates, you know, it seems like the last place where you could maybe grow and develop, but it does have this kind of some at least has supportive uh, culture. But when you entrepreneur and you are on your own, where do you find, find uh, mentors? Where do you find coaches? Well, do, do you have an advice? Yeah, there are there are several things that you can find. So there are there are professional coaches like like myself, but you can also you can also join uh, business associations. You can you can set up a board, an advisory board, for example, where you would have people who are necess not necessarily have the same skills than you, but maybe some people who have experience scaling up, for example, or have experience in a field where you don't have any experience. There is a and you just can you know meet. Go on LinkedIn and talk to people. Arrange one-on-one -on -one conversations. I'm part, I'm part of this uh, thing called the Lunch Club, where basically every week you will meet someone. You don't know who it's going to be and because the, uh, the Lunch Club will organize a meeting for you. So you just set up you know, some criteria, the type of profile you're looking for, and that's it. I find it absolutely, absolutely great. Like every, every week I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Because every time, every time I meet someone completely different, but you have to be open-minded you have to think outside of the box like you like like you were saying you know there are yeah. many 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 uh opportunities to meet with other people but you have to take the time to you know to act to to put that into your schedule and saying okay this week i want to meet you know a couple of people because i need to talk about you know finances with someone so it's really you have to be proactive I was listening to you and I realized yeah. that I'm also losing, using this lunch club, but I, <laughs> yeah. because go. of Corona, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not so, you know, I'm, I have to admit, I'm not so uh, such a big Zoom person, as you know, so <laughs> okay. also an improvement on my list. So, yeah. I, I like the personal. Yeah. Going back to your entrepreneurship journey, is there anything you would have done differently? I think I should have uh, sought support. Yeah. Right. I went on my own completely. 
Mm. You know, the moment I left Philips, I, I, I lost all the supportive system that in a huge company, which was standing behind me. Mm. So I started doing everything from scratch. And uh, yeah, I mean, I achieved or I, I haven't achieved on some projects, but uh, I felt like this is now mine. I have to embrace it, take responsibility, go get it, you know. And I have not built it up like you just said. Now, I realized that if I could, like from the very beginning, set up uh, uh, some kind of a support club, you know, for myself, mm. people that can help me in different domains, can advise just as friends or, you know, join the board, like you said, I think I would have made it much, much easier for myself. So there I think, yeah, it's, it's a big miss. But for the rest, um, I totally, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with everything I have done, with the things that I have succeeded and those that I have failed. I think I have learned a lot. I like the saying where um, you, 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 you win or you learn. Mm. So. And what is your big dream for your business? Whew. Actually, um, I'm rethinking right now. This corona situation got me uh, to rethink everything big time. Um, yeah, there are many question marks of uh, whether I should get involved in the project, yes or no. Um, because of uh, coronavirus and because the future, the way we're going to do business future, the way we're going to interact is suddenly mm. not quite clear. So um, I think my biggest dream is to make an impact. Mm. And uh, I, I don't know how to define it, but uh, I think it's, it's, it's very important to give not only because you give to other people, but even in a selfish mode, you know, the satisfaction of giving or helping mm -hmm. others is enormous. This is also one of the things that is very good um, that Ashley taught me in mm -hmm. her course that uh, uh, when you have a bad day, just give something to someone. You know, you just pass by and there's some musicians outside and you put a coin, wow. Right. It, it changes the day completely. There's this feeling that you have done something good. So yes, my, my end goal is to make an impact to make this world a better place. And it sounds sketchy, I know, but in the end, this is what I want. Oh, but most of the entrepreneurs I've been talking to, they all say the same. Everybody wants to change the world. I want to change the world too. That's why I'm, that's one of the reasons I became an entrepreneur. So what is your number one recommendation you would give to entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs? Well, now after everything we have just exchanged, I'm yes. not sure if I can still put, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> right? So let's put it like this long, just do it, but get support. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. Good one. <laughs> yeah, go out there, just try things. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I think that we have, um, uh, touched upon very important points today it's amazing how you led me into it mm. so just do it get support so mentorship and uh, you know advisory are key points how to get things done because we cannot do things on our own we, we lack expertise in so many different fields it's much better to have someone who has done it who has expertise who can help you who can share advice right to to, to reach the end goal right show is uh, called Cracking the Entrepreneurship Code. So the question for you is, have you cracked the code? That's a big one. <laughs> um, so I will remain humble, not ever see. I haven't cracked it yet, but I'm working on it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Last question, how can people contact you? How to reach out? I have uh, um, Twitter and um, 
uh, I, I have also um, several channels uh, on Telegram. Well, thank you very much, Danielle, for your time today. Thank you, Lauren. I feel that I have learned a lot. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all for listening. If you like this episode, write a nice review, then share it on social media so we can inspire as many entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs as possible. See you next time. Bye-bye.